0: happy easter i hope you have a wonderful day today today is the day that christ is risen he is risen indeed these words have been spoken as a call and a response for centuries they encapsulate the hope of the world that jesus did indeed defeat death and rise from the dead around 2000 years ago on that first Easter day. The Creeks say Christos Aneste, Alithia Neste. I had the privilege to spend two Easter's in Greece in the 1980s, on the first occasion memorably on the peninsula of Mount Athos, often called the Holy Mountain, where 20 monasteries are perched on perilous cliffs. A place of great beauty and a center of Eastern Orthodox Christianity. In those days, it had seen better times. The monasteries were crumbling away and the monks were elderly. It had no roads, only ancient footpaths link, linking the monasteries through virgin Mediterranean forest. It was like being transported into a medieval world. There was no traffic. There were no planes. There was only the nature, the the hosts of wildflowers, all the bird life. It was an incredible place. And I attended an all night vigil at Easter where gold icons glittered in the gloom of tallow candles and the monks chanted their praises and finally, as the sun was rising over the wine-dark sea and the mist spreading out across the tangled forest, the last of the nightingales singing their hearts out, the priest declared, Christ risen, Christos Anesti. And we responded, Aletheia Aneste, indeed he is risen, and all was well with the world. And so again, this Easter morning, we come to celebrate that eternal truth. Jesus bore all our sins and sicknesses and died, and then on the third day he rose again. If we believe in him and accept the truth of his resurrection, we need have no fear of death, but will rise to be with him in heaven. That's a comforting thought in an unstable and deeply unpredictable world. Last Easter, the pandemic was only in its early stages and none of us could have predicted the toll it would take as it swept across the globe, robbing families of their loved ones and bringing pain and suffering to millions. The ravages of that time are still with us and coronavirus is still at large but it appears that we're gradually emerging from this period of darkness into a time of renewed hope with new possibilities and new opportunities. Just as the dark of winter recedes and the sap rises in the plants and the days lengthen, so we rise up from the scourge of COVID-19 and look to the future with anticipation. I want to go back to that first Easter when it first became apparent to his disciples that this death was, no, was like no other death because it was not the end, only the beginning. And I'm going to read from John's Gospel beginning at chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, mary magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance so she came running to simon peter and the other disciple the one jesus loved and said they've taken the lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him so peter and the other disciples started for the tomb both were running Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. We know that Jesus was buried in a hurry in the garden tomb near where he died by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who used 75 pounds, that's 34 kilograms, of myrrh and aloes wrapped in strips of linen in accordance with Jewish burial customs. This had to be completed before sunset, when the Sabbath would start, as no work could be done after that. We know that a great stone was rolled over the entrance of the tomb so that Jesus could lie undisturbed. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, Mary Magdalene, one of those who accompanied Jesus during his ministry, comes to pay her respects at the tomb, but is dismayed to discover that the stone has been rolled aside and that there's no sign of Jesus. She immediately thinks his body has been taken somewhere, that the tomb has been violated, and in great distress goes to find the two disciples closest to him, Simon Peter and John, who's writing this account. We're given a striking image of Peter and John dashing to the tomb in a kind of desperate race, with Mary trailing behind in third place. John tells us that he was faster than Peter and got there first. He stopped respectfully at the entrance to the tomb and peered in. Peter, however, just raced on, hurtling right into the tomb before he slowed down. This says something about their respective characters. John was thoughtful and measured, Peter headstrong and decisive. They both saw the same remarkable sight. The strips of linen were lying in the tomb and the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head was lying separately, as we're told, in its place. I'd like to compare this site with the other resurrection we're told about in John, the rising of Lazarus, which has some similarities and some differences. Lazarus has also been placed in a rock cave tomb with a large stone across the entrance. He's been there a little longer than Jesus, but he's also wrapped in linen strips of a cloth wrapped around his head. As the stone is rolled away, Jesus commands Lazarus to come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, or rather Jesus said to them, the people all around, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This must have been an alarming sight, something like a mummy coming back from the dead. Lazarus hopping out of the tomb, still bound in his linen strips, his face still concealed by the cloth. There's nothing elegant about the resurrection of Lazarus. He has to be helped out of his grave clothes and released back into the world by his shocked but delighted relatives. In contrast, Jesus rises unrestrained by the linen strips and the face cloth. They are left neatly behind. He's very much in control. In her panic, Mary clearly didn't notice that all the grave clothes were still in the tomb. She'd imagined that Jesus had been hauled out, linen and all, and taken somewhere. But when John looked at the sight before him, we're told that he saw and believed. John alone realized what this meant. All those times Jesus had told them that the Son of Man must be put to death and on the third day would rise again, must have come back to him. So this was what rising again meant. Verse 9 tells us that they hadn't yet linked this to the scriptures that prophesied the resurrection of the Messiah. Peter quoted from Psalm 16, 9 to 10, on the day of Pentecost, when he was preaching the first gospel message to the crowd. There, in that psalm, David says, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. God had promised David that there would always be a king from his line to sit on his throne, and this was fulfilled in Jesus. Peter made the point that David was dead and his tomb was still standing in Jerusalem for all to see, but Jesus was alive. And I'm just going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 30 to 32. But he, David, was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, but he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses to it. Remember, Peter was one of the very first to see that empty tomb. That revelation was to come later. On this first Easter morning, it was enough to know that Jesus was no longer dead. The grave clothes were left behind. And of course, shortly afterwards, Jesus revealed himself risen to Mary Magdalene in that garden, and then later that day, to the other disciples, all except Thomas, of course, in a locked room. Imagine their joy and relief at seeing him alive, and imagine how it it began to dawn on them what this meant, not only for themselves and their faith, but also for unbelievers and the world. In a very short time, they'd be out preaching the message of the good news across all the known world, and what began as a small sect would grow into a vast movement, giving hope and life to countless millions through time. And we are the beneficiaries of that movement. Two thousand years later, we can say with the Apostle Paul quoting the prophet Hosea, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. At the core of the Christian faith is the sure knowledge of resurrection from the dead for those who are in Christ and the assurance that we will be with him in glory. The first words that Jesus said to his disciples after his resurrection were, Peace be with you. Knowing that he is risen and is seated on his throne at the right hand of God instills peace. We do not need to be afraid about dying or what happens to us beyond the grave. And this gives us the confidence and the motivation to make the most of the time we have left alive, whether it is short or whether it is long. None of us knows how much time that amounts to. But Paul urges us to stand firm and always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain i feel for those who don't know christ because they have no sure and certain hope they have no peace and they have no motivation to worship him or serve him the very things they were created to do So ultimately, their lives are unfulfilled and people go around and they seek, but unless they're seeking Jesus, they never find the one thing or the one person that will satisfy them. But this can change. Paul says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You may feel condemned now. You may feel worthless. But I want you to know that as you allow Jesus into your life, all that will be washed away. And instead, you will know peace. And you will know strength. The resurrection strength that comes from the one who defeated death. There's a piece of that victory I want a part of. And as I put my trust in Jesus, that victory over death is assured. So this Easter morning, what better day than to begin a new life in Christ? I'm going to say a short prayer now for anybody who wants to begin again, who wants to put the past behind them and start afresh, trusting Jesus to guide you through the difficulties life throws at you, but knowing ultimately that you will overcome them because now you are not on your own, he is with you. And while I do that, we can look at a picture of the empty tomb, remembering the significance of the resurrection For all those who love Jesus and the triumph he gives us over sin. Lord, I've spent my whole life seeking fulfilment, but I've always felt an emptiness. I've always felt some kind of guilt for the things I've done wrong the things I could have done differently, and the people I've hurt. But Lord, today, this Easter morning, I want to change all that. I believe that you died, but then you rose again. I believe that I don't have to fear death anymore that you defeated death on that day you rose from that tomb and the grave clothes were left behind. Lord, today, I give my life to you. I offer myself to you, Lord. Come, fill me with your love and give me your peace, just as you appeared to those disciples And you said, peace be with you. Lord, I pray that you will give me your peace. That I will know a peace that I've never known before. And Lord, that I can start a new life afresh, starting from today, as I put my trust in you. And Lord, those of us who've known you for longer, I thank you that we can remind ourselves today of that amazing sacrifice you made for us on the cross and how you rose again and for the assurance and the hope that that gives us that death is not the end but only the beginning of a glorious life with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.